Hello and welcome to today's Relic Reveal video as we take our little pilgrimage to the, that was weird, a little pilgrimage to the <laughs> Our Lady of the Angels Chapel. Very excited to introduce St. Monica, the mother of the famous St. Augustine of Hippo, famous church father. We're going to talk about her and how she's the patron of, what did you say, Jay, rambunctious youth? Well, online a lot of places said disappointing children. I thought that was kind of harsh, but I said difficult. Difficult children <laughs> and disappointments to their parents, a.k.a. this guy. Monica was born probably around the year uh, 333 A.D., about 330 years after. Why am I? Everyone knows what 333 A.D. is. St. Monica was born in northern Africa during the time of the Roman Empire in what is now Algeria. She was probably a Berber, one of the few names of the ancient Berber people making its way into the English language is Monica. She was married to a Roman official in Thagaste, which is in Algeria, and that Roman official, uh, he was not exactly a good dude. He would eventually die a Christian, and even though her parents were Christians and she was already baptized, they married her off to this Roman official. He had multiple affairs and would tend to have a very violent temper. In fact, her Christianity deeply annoyed him as she constantly had the habit of going to holy sites and going to public places with food for the poor, with drink for the poor, and doing all these things to take care of the folks around her. Now, she had three children that survived childhood, Augustine, his brother Navigus, and his sister that I tried to get my wife to name our last daughter. She said, no, Perpetua. I love the name Perpetua. Jay, what do you think of the name Perpetua? It's a pretty name. She was also an abbess and a saint, but whatever. My wife's tastes are not my own. Now, Monica was a wonderful, holy, and devout woman. In fact, even though her husband was notorious for his bad temper, St. Augustine would write, and everything we know about St. Monica comes from St. Augustine's Confessions, which is kind of amazing. Confessions, you need to read it, I need to read it. It's one of the best books ever written. It's the first autobiography written by a Catholic church father. That's awesome. But everything we know comes from Augustine's Confessions, and he said that she lived such a humble and beautiful life that even her husband's violent temper could not withstand her sanctity and holiness, even though her acts of piety annoyed him. And everything that we knew, uh, that we know about Monica, they always describe it as her piety annoyed her husband. But eventually, when Augustine was 17, he would go for schools of rhetoric. He was really lazy and rambunctious at this time. Um, he would go to Carthage and study rhetoric, and he was excellent. He became super famous, but every single day, her, his mother would pray for his conversion. Eventually, she became so upset that the eldest of the family had lost his faith because he came home one day from Carthage, this great center of learning and rhetoric, and he told his mom that not only was he not a Christian, but he was a Manichae. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the Manichaeans, named after the priest Manny, were a part of the Gnostic heresy. Gnosticism, Greek word for gnosis meaning knowledge, has all different variances, tons of different groups, but essentially they believed one basic tenet, matter equals evil. If it's physical, it's bad, right? So this obviously was not a Christian thing, as we say over and over again in the book of Genesis chapter one, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is very good. But for the Manichaeans, there was a good God and a bad God, a purely spiritual God and a physical God, and they were always at war with one another. And Augustine, uh, it's kind of funny how in these Gnostic religions, People would say the body is evil. So some groups 
would fast themselves to death, not wanting to give their body any nourishment. But other groups said, well, my soul's cool. My body is evil. My body can do whatever it wants. St. Augustine kind of joined up <laughs> onto that train, and they would do all sorts of, uh, well, we'll just say uh, loose living. He indulged in a lot of loose living, eventually had a concubine who eventually had a kid, a Deodatus. But Augustine's life and all of this craziness that he was going through and all this fame and fortune that he was starting to amass never left him quiet and restful. In fact, uh, a holy bishop would say to Monica that through her tears, his soul will never perish, meaning go to hell. And so she prayed every single day. Holy tradition says that she wept for her son. And when he found out that he was going to go to Rome to study in their advanced schools of rhetoric, she set out after the death of her husband to join him. Well, Augustine did not want his mommy, who is now a young adult at this time, coming with him to Rome. So he said, hey, I'm going to go meet a buddy of mine over on the docks. And he jumped on a ship and set sail. Oh, oh, this did not deter Monica. She jumped on a boat the next day and set sail after him. And then she lands in Rome. He had already hightailed it to Milan. But there, a holy conspiracy of grace came together with the Archbishop of Milan, one of the greatest speakers uh, rhetoricians of all time, St. Ambrose of Milan. Now, St. Ambrose, a brilliant bishop, another church father, a giant intellect, um, was the archbishop there. He even had run-ins with the emperor. Eventually, St. Augustine would go to mass just to hear him preach. So she beseeched the good bishop if he would work on the soul of Augustine and eventually leading to Augustine's baptism. He would later become a priest and a bishop. And as a bishop sent down uh, in back to North Africa, he would pen so many of his uh, brilliant letters and sermons and books, uh, the confessions, the city of God, all this wonderful stuff. His mother would join him. She would help uh, to organize a community of holy virgins. And then they went from Rome. They were going to set sail to North Africa and spread the gospel down there. But she made it about 13-ish miles south of Rome to a city called Ostia, where she would fall ill and die. She knew that she was going to die shortly after her son's conversion. She said, this uh, is the purpose for why I am here. Her son converted and she peacefully died. Now, it's interesting to note that her body was buried in this, in Ostia, in this church, St. Aria, um, and then was hidden, put in a hidden crypt. It was only unearthed years later and then moved to Rome. And as they're, tra they call it translating the relics uh, to Rome, much like we're translating her relics here to Our Lady of the Angels Chapel, miracles began occurring all along the way. Because of the popularity of St. Augustine and St. Augustine's Confessions, there were a, uh, what we call in Latin, a cultus, like a cult, but really a group of people there that surround uh, a venerable Christian and begin honoring her, began to focus on her maternity and the way that she showed her concern through Christian prayer, but also around the suffering of wives when they have especially abusive or wayward husbands. The, uh, the amount that she suffered made her renown. Uh, in, throughout Rome when she was there organizing this group of holy virgins and widows. So it's fascinating to know that her reputation of a long-suffering woman, wife, mother, uh, a holy woman, a woman who had a devout heart for the poor was spread throughout. So where do we apply or how do we apply the lesson of St. Monica into our own lives today? Why is she so important for us to have her relic here at our Our Lady of the Angels Chapel? It's simple. So many people that I work with, that I talk with, 
would weep in my office, and I'm sure in the office of our priests and deacons as well, over the fact of their adult children leaving the Catholic faith that they were brought up in. So many parents feel the sting of bitter sadness knowing that their kids no longer darken the doors of their local church. It pains them to know that they are not lifting up the name of Jesus in worship and veneration, that they don't have faith in the Son of God and have strayed away from the Eucharistic worship of him. And so what I want to do for all of you parents out there is to remind you that part of our role as parents is to never stop interceding for our children. As a father of four, I know how hard it can be to walk that fine line between imposing your faith and proposing your faith. And it always is so difficult, right, to not want to shove it down their throat, but at the same time, you want it to fill your life, your home, your everything, because it literally is everything. As C.S. Lewis says, Christianity is not another object in the world. It's more like the sun, that by which I see all objects in the world. And it's true for us, but for many of our kids who haven't made that act of surrender to Christ, it could be so difficult. Let Monica be an example of how you imitate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Monica wept tears for her son, Augustine, so too, through many prayers and almsgiving and fastings and penances, we can bring our adult children, our teenage children, our youth home to the church. We are not alone. You are not alone, right? Your siblings, your friends, your neighbors can come home. This is why fasting and penance is so important because it moves mountains. All right, brothers and sisters, looking through the lens of Holy Mother Church, we can lift up the example of St. Monica, who not only gave us St. Augustine as a remarkable hero, author, theologian, but she herself fearlessly lived the gospel through the life and heart of a mother. All you mothers out there, please follow the example of St. Monica, right? And yearn not just for your child's worldly success, which Augustine had mastered by the age of 21, but yearn instead for their spiritual success and eternal happiness with God forever. As a true saint, we invoke her name every time we lament the loss from the church of anyone that we love. St. Monica, pray for us. Stay tuned and I'll see you next week as we continue our pilgrimage to the Our Lady of the Angels Chapel. God bless y'all. Stay classy.